Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, welcome back in the zone. Hour two, it's 11.07. Justin Acre and Westmore here again, courtesy of Arkansas Urology. And our guest at the Touchdown Club this week, broadcaster extraordinaire Peter Burns, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Little Rock, my friend. You hear all that applause here? I mean, it kind of sets the tone <laughs> at this point. I actually, I actually, uh, I got to text Marty Smith. Yeah. Because I, everybody I've talked to, you know, I've asked this great touchdown club, um, hey, who's been the best, you know, over the last years? And they bring all these names. They're like, man, I got to be honest with you. Marty last week was good. I'm like, of course. The one opportunity I get to come over here and speak, and Marty sets the bar so damn high that I got to come in here and, and, and clean up. It's you, just amazing. You are among some of the most passionate sports fans, certainly oh. college football fans in America. And I know you've been probably all over the South, and you've seen, seen it all over the place. But I will say Marty's almost romantic – uh, feelings about college football kind of had us all in a swoon last week. I mean, it was very intoxicating. It is, and because, and I think that's the one thing that we have in our industry is the fact of like who's real and who's not, you know. And I think that there's a power in the people, like you know, especially Marty. I'd like to think of myself to the people that man, we're just fans living a dream. You know, there's professional broadcasters, and there's the you know guys that played on a, on a certain level that I'll never be able to understand. But at the end of the day. Man, me and Marty will be at, at locations together, and we're like, brother, can you believe we get a chance? We get paid to do this? Like, this is the coolest thing. Yeah. And, I, and I've told Marty this as well, too, is like, at any point, if we don't feel that, like, this is a cool moment, you, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And and I've, I've got, so, I, you know, I do radio for SiriusXM. We've got our, our show for SEC Network, and I've got 10,000. I got this little framed uh, thing I wrote one day when I first got the job at the SEC Network, and I said, if I left tomorrow, there'd be 10,000 people that would apply for the dream job that I have. Yeah. And it's, it's a great reminder when you're there in the middle of a week or you're middle of, of June and you're like, all right, what are we doing today? Mm-hmm. You're like, do you realize how blessed we are to do it? Like, we talk college football. And, and like, we're talking about Dave Van Horn's squad and, and what the pitching rotation looks like. I'm like, right. this is awesome, you know. You're obviously, yeah, you're an SEC. But, you know, I mean, sports fan in general, I see you on social media. I mean, you're very passionate. And I also like the fact that you are – a voice of reason a lot of times. Um, and, again, fan bases go a little overboard. Me? You might yeah. be following the wrong account. Well, yeah. I just think I see you talking people off the ledge a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you're, you're as nuts as anybody when it comes to your teams that you, you root for. But but I do I like that. And, you know, again, that's sort of your role to some degree. Um, but you deal with a lot of crazy fan bases. Well, I mean, and, and the, the hashtag and, you know, the saying when it first came out was, you know, kind of a, a punchline of it just means more. And, you know, across the country, people didn't understand, you know, okay, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you realize it does here. And, you know, a couple of years ago we, we, we were talking with ESPN and some people, and they're like, oh, yeah, what is it that you want your career path to be? They're like, do you want to do, you know, stuff with College Game Day? Do you want to do stuff on ESPN? Do you want to call games and stuff like that? And I go, I don't want to go anywhere other than the SEC Network. I said, if, I'm, if I do this for 50 years, I, I'm, I'm happy. Because there's nothing, I don't care where you go, that people have the passion about their team and it's not just football. It's about every single one of their sports, and they have mm-hmm. that pride. I'm like, man, if you can talk to people that have a passion for that, why would you want to do anything else? And, I mean, and again, you, you combine that with great southern cooking here in the south, and, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. Okay, so I, one of the things that stood out, I guess I saw a tweet you were praising Sam Pittman, and you were talking about how you know a lot of teams would have basically packed it in after getting Down 28 nothing. Yeah. I've seen a whole hell of a lot of quit on yeah. some teams. 
you it's know. easy to do. Arkansas waited until the fourth quarter to do that. But it was a, it was a great comeback. <laughs> and, again, I don't they didn't quit. They just got out-talented, I think. But what, what do you think of Sam Pittman generally, and what do you think of the, the job he's done so far? I think, you know, I had this one moment with Sam. And, and, and Sam, you know how it is. When you talk to him, you just he feels like just kind of this teddy bear that you're just like, all right. And I remember when he first got hired, a lot of us were like, why did Hunter went with Sam Pitt? That's an interesting, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Mm-hmm. And once you start kind of understanding what he's built, and I thought one of the biggest things that was huge for Sam is when I looked at having Barry Odom on the staff and having Kendall Browse and guys that you know could have moved on or had other opportunities that said, I love being here and I want to be here. And I thought that was really intriguing because that, that speaks to the culture that you have. And we throw the round, word the word culture around all the time, mm-hmm. guys who's building, guys who don't. And it's incredible what he's done. Now, what I will say is when we went to College World Series, you know, saw Sam, and I had just posted some picture about, you know, I think it was Father's Day, and I'm adopted. And um, so I posted a picture saying, hey, my dad is my everything. He's my best friend. And I didn't even think anything of it. Go into the suite, say hi to, you know, Hunter and all everybody pulling on for Arkansas. And Sam, in the middle of the game, like fourth inning, comes up and he goes, hey, come over here. And I'm like, oh, God. And I say something, you know, is Sam going to just absolutely rip me? And he goes, that picture you posted with your dad. It's like, I cried. And I'm like, what? And I mean, and, and this was in, you know, this was not him trying to kiss up or anything. Not that he would ever have to do that for me, but. You know, it was just such a real moment, and I'm like, that's when it—that's when it snapped. And I'm like, if you are sitting in the recruits' family living room, and you have an interaction with Sam Pittman, how in the hell are you going to say no? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's there's a lot of fake that goes in college sports, especially as the money gets bigger. Ain't nothing about fake about what he's building here. He's just, but like you talked about it, going back to the game, you ran into Bama. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of teams that are going to lose by three touchdowns to Alabama. The question is, is how do you make sure you don't turn one loss in, into multiple losses? I want to ask you about the, the World Series again real quick, and then we can talk some more football. But uh, you took your family, do I remember correctly? You took your family as oh, like yeah. a vacation, right? This was like well, a, this is a personal deal. Were you working? Yeah, so it was. I was off um, a day, and I was like, we had all these super regionals that were going on. And I was like, i got to go see it. Because I'm normally stuck back in studio for SEC Network. I don't get an opportunity to go to the games. So I said, all right, where, where are we going to go? And I said, listen. Arkansas is playing North Carolina. Like, boom, let's get up. So we got the whole kid. We got the kids, the two-and-a-half-year-old and the four-and-a-half-year-old. We got 7,000 pounds of snacks and candies, and we're like, road trip it. And we went up there, and we obviously, after three rain delays, we finally got a chance to see Arkansas win that game. Yeah. It was, again, you, you see calling the you know calling the hogs right in the middle of enemy territory, and it was just, it's it's a memory. And as, as much as I love the football that we do, we were just talking about on the way up here, I think the baseball and basketball coverage we do on SEC Network is the best thing that we do. Yeah. Fo- football's always been covered, but for the last eight, nine years, for us to be able to show every single game, to be able to show kind of behind the scenes of those those spring sports that don't traditionally get as much love nationally, I think I think that's my favorite time of year. Yeah. Where do you all live? Uh, Charlotte. In Charlotte, okay. Yep. What's a, and I know there's not such a thing as a normal week, but as close to a normal week for you as there is, what's it, what's your week like? During football season, it's seven days a week. So Mondays through Fridays, I do a, a three-hour Sirius XM show. And then on Mondays and Fridays, SEC Network simulcasts it, just like the you know the Paul Feinbaum show. And then on Saturdays, I'll do a uh, – I'm, I'm in studio. You know, I'll do halftime of the noon game and then the, the, the game uh, leading up to the 4 o'clock uh, kickoff. And then on Sundays, I do an ESPN national show. So seven days a week on during football season for about five months. And then, um, you know, 
then you get into the busy season for television where we're doing a lot more games for basketball and baseball. But, again, it's I joke about it, it being work. I'm like, you know, God forbid I have to watch games and, and get a chance to talk about it. Like, it's... It's fun. It's a dream job. Do you get out during basketball season at all? I mean, you get out on location? Yeah, a little bit. So I'll do SEC basketball tournament. I'll also do a women's tournament a little bit on some of our coverage. But really in the spring is when I do a bunch. So I'll call the SEC men's and women's golf uh, championship. I'll do PGA championship. I'll do SEC baseball. We'll go to Omaha um, and then try to work in as much golf as possible. I mean, my, one of my favorite athletes that I've ever had a chance to meet was um, Arkansas women's golfer Maria Fossey. And she was, I mean, we get up there covering the SEC Women's Championship, and I see her, and I'm like, that ball just went 320 yards. And she had this look on her face like, I'm going to beat everybody, you know what. And I was like, this is this is awesome. That's cool. It's awesome. And, I, and I've kind of fallen in love with everything, you know, kind of related to the Razorbacks because I'm like, right now, Courtney Diefold, you know, to see that where that program was at to where mm. it's at now was great. Mike Neighbors was was always great. Yeah. I mean, Must's bus is just so much fun to deal with. And then I just respect the man that Dave Van Horn is and what he means to not just college baseball, but just like life. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, spending no some time with Dave is just like man, you just want to be a better person around Dave. Like I need a like don't let Dave Van Horn down at the Little Rock <laughs> Touchdown Club bracelet. I used to later. joke, Peter, that I was going to drop my kids off up there and pick them up five years later because they would be better off. There's better no question. Yeah, he'd raise them way better than I would. Forget about it. And he's a father of two daughters, but there's no doubt in my mind he'd do better with my two boys than I did. And that's how we, that's who we sat down with. And it was we sat down with Dave's wife when I went up to UNC for that, that Super Regional. And we sat there and watched it. And I mean, she could have been an analyst for us on, on uh, SEC Network because she was just like, "All right, it's three one. She's gonna, they're gonna walk this kid. Then Dave's probably gonna go back out to the mound. He's probably gonna go to the righty that throws 80. I'm like, "What?" And sure enough, like, oh, yeah. like I'm like, "Is she the coach?" Kind of like radioing it down. <laughs> Karen knows what's up. Oh, she she's awesome. she's a little rocker. We love her. I, I saw her at the tournament. I see her in the bowels of the stadium, you know, and it's in Omaha, and she is. You know, again, it's the life of a coach's wife. But, I mean, she mm-hmm. does live it in a, in a very knowledgeable way. And I'm like, oh, good to see you. And she's like, yeah, you know, we only come in, we only come in the pressers when we win. So I'm like, well, there you go. In a much better mood. Uh, we're talking to Peter Burns if you're just tuning in. And uh, speaking of coaches, I mean, there's a couple guys that got canned this weekend. Yeah. You know, Paul Christ apparently still means a lot at Wisconsin. I don't know if it means more than it does in the SEC. Uh, and, of course, it's it's the odd twist, of course, hashtag karma, is that Brett Bielema put him out of business. <laughs> And then you got. Uh, By the way, the return of Brett to Wisconsin. Yeah, maybe good uh, one for him. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, the way it kind of ended was a little bit different. So. Yeah, and then of course you know Colorado let their guy go. So the question becomes, when do they start beating the Jimbo drum? I guess they can't afford to. Um, I mean, listen, as long as as oil prices are above probably seventy five dollars a barrel, they'll be able to afford anything they ever want. The yeah. question is, is that you know you're 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 pretty pot committed for a bevy of reasons with Jimbo, and I don't think the issue is with Jimbo, other than the fact that I think it comes to who his play caller is, and I said it on the show last week before this game came up it's like the best thing that can happen to texas a&m football is that they continue to sputter offensively because at some point jimbo fisher is going to have to realize what nick saban realized when he brought in lane kiffin going if i'm going to win football in this style right now i got to go outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and jimbo's comfort zone is calling plays but if you ever watch him man he looks like you know he looks like he's doing his tax return in the middle of a game he's got it's almost overthinking it you watch hypo you watch lane they got to. They got to. Hey, all right. Four um, B. They already know what that is. Boom. They run it, and they yeah. run extremely well. It's like, what good is having all of these great ingredients 
if your chef is going to make bland meals. Yeah. And I think that's that's the next step that Jimbo and the Aggies have to make. It's a great comparison. You know, it's all relative, though, right? Because Iowa's looking at that, and they're going, wow, this is like the Joe Burrow LSU team offensively compared to what we're doing. So I mean, it could always be worse. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I mean, Kirk Ferentz is in his, like, 95th year there, and I think they've scored 95 touchdowns in, those, in that century of football. Do you have a boy and a girl or one of each? A or boy and both? a girl. Both okay. born on Halloween. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. That is bizarre. Not no. twins, though, because no, that would make not, it less weird. No, no, <laughs> That's true. Um, yes, my daughter, Bo, B-E-A-U-X, Cajun spelling, nice. was born. Uh, she's going to turn five on Halloween. And my son, Thomas, is was born on Halloween. He'll turn three. Both naturally, too. Just kind of a crazy, random deal. But it goes to show you, when you work seven days a week during football season, mm-hmm. you take some time off in, in January. Yeah. We know when you and your wife get quiet later, time. You, yeah, we yeah. end up having a kid. So <laughs> I ask you that to ask you this, because, again, I want to talk about Ferentz for a second, is uh, could you fire your own child? That's the question. If he was doing a bad job, could you can him? Um, hell yeah. I'd fire my kid in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah. absolutely. And I wouldn't even be nice about it. i call my you suck at this. Yeah. You can be a quality control guy. So you make sure the oranges are fresh. No, I would set them up for a huge buyout when I hired them. Therefore, that you'd be like, wink, wink. You know, yeah. I mean, that's why every, you know, everybody's talking about, well, poor Brian Harson and stuff. And Harson, you know, obviously there's the what's going to happen in the future down at Auburn. And I'm like, well, we should all be so lucky to be Brian Harson, right? True. we got two commas in our yearly salary. And you're, I think you're a damn good coach. It's just a matter of, hey, is it the right fit right. over here at Auburn? And we'll know that over the next couple of weeks is he's got, what, I think he's got Georgia and uh, Ole Miss before the bye week. And mm. like I said, worst case scenario. He's not there for the bye week. Somebody's going to be, as famously said, what you know, what's what door you want me to leave out of, and and what time is that? Oh, I think that so. happened here. Yeah. Let's see if you can what match a- that here. So, did you watch that game this weekend, the LSU Auburn game? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, you, you watched it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, he looked like a guy who was looking on at a car accident the entire game. I felt bad for him right. almost. He looked. I mean, there was a sadness in his soul. I could see it in his face. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I watch that, I think it's befuddled because he thinks we we do all these really good things throughout the week, and and this just happened. You know, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. But again, I think he looks at this, and I, I don't sense any kind of quit or despair from Brian Harson because I do think he knows one way or another. Listen, I may not be here next year. It ain't the biggest deal because guess what? I'm going to go, I'll go West Coast or I'll go somewhere else and somebody will hire me in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So in, in any way, it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch when you know a coach is thinking YOLO. Like let, let's just, you know, let, let's go out and have a little bit of fun. And there's still I mean, Robbie Ashford, again, redshirt freshman, he's got a little a little talent. It's just weird to see their offensive line and defensive line, something that's been stables, mm-hmm. you know, that's always kept them competitive, especially in the West, it's just non-existent. Well, right? and you get a muff punt, you get a ball ripped out of a kid's arms. I mean, you had weird things happen late in the game that could have made a difference. Four turnovers in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, again, it's so much more fun to be, and I, I would say this married to an Alabama football fan, it's so much more fun to be an LSU fan than a Bama fan. Because Bama fan, you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, the book has already been written. It's just a matter of, all right, let's get to the, the end chapter to see if we beat the Dragon or not. <laughs> Like LSU, it is an absolute Game of Thrones. Every single you have no idea what's going to happen. I was like, yeah. this is alive, you know. Like this feels good as a sports fan because yeah. I legitimately have no idea what's going to happen oh, each and I, every week. I don't know. I'd like to have Arkansas have a foregone conclusion. They're going to win eleven. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Uh, I got to ask you, and I'm sure Wes has some stuff. Sorry, I'm hogging the interview. Um, I worked with Pat Bradley for ten years. The ten, shooter. Most of those were pretty great years. 
Uh, give me <laughs> most, some. I like most, the most part give of me it. some. Inter- I mean, I feel like I kind of. I mean, we really do. We kind of raised Pat in the industry. I had to. Yeah. I had to fight for him to get the job. Our former owner, God rest his soul, said. He said, why, why do you want to hire this guy? I said, because he's got a great personality. People love him. I said, he's got, and he's like, people are going to get sick of that accent. I was like, listen, he's the guy. We need to hire him. And I had to talk him into it. And luckily, we got him. And now the rest is history. Pat always had his eye on the prize, which was TV. Yeah. Uh, give me kind of your experience with Pat and what, you, what you've dealt with him it, with. It's fun. It's funny because, you know, I grew up an LSU or LSU basketball fan, you know, more so than football because of my timing. You know, basketball was really kind of much better than, than football was at the time. And so when I'd grow up and I'd watch guys like that, I'm like, all right, this, this is this is the shooter, you know, and then you get a chance to work next to him. And I mean, the guy should never have coffee. You know, because he is just, I mean, Peter, are you, are you kidding? You know, he does it in this accent, and it's its just hilarious. And he brings an energy. There are certain guys in our industry, when you host with them, you know that they're going to be buttoned up. They know what they do. There are certain guys that have this skill of when you're on set, it raises your game. And Pat's one of those guys because no matter if it's a slog and you're tired, Pat's going to come up there and bring energy. Marcus Spears is another one of those guys as well, too, that just like, man, there's, you know, is the analysis the greatest thing in the history of the world? It's pretty good, but there is something that makes you elevate all the games, and some guys have it, and Pat Bradley has it. Maybe you guys should do a radio show together. Uh, we've done it. Okay. I know you he's, have some. He's done a couple of my Sirius XM shows. The and Pat and Pete show, or Pete and Pat. It's, you get to go first. Uh, he, he, yeah, he always says, it's PB and J. I'm smooth, and he's crunchy, or you know something along those lines. <laughs> I was like, that's so cheesy, but it works. And that is like... That's the best. Cheesy, but it works. I think that's how I'm going to say Pat Bradley is. He's so likable. You can't help he it. He is. Even when you were in Texas, were you an SEC guy? Yeah, because, I mean, my dad, uh, cancer survivor when they adopted me, and so he battled cancer when I was, I was growing up. So he graduated from LSU when I was about seven. So we used to go to the all the LSU games, every game, mm. Um in the student section. So that's why I curse really well. That's why I know how to drink really well um, is the fact of, so like when I was living in Texas, you know, I'd go to watch A&M and I'd go to Texas Tech and I'd go to watch, you know, the Longhorns play. And they're like, oh man, we got, this is a great tailgate. I was like, bro, you don't even understand. Like in the SEC, it, it, it truly had just meant more and they had no idea of what it was like. What do you think of your coach at LSU? Oh, I love it. I feel like we've got a little bit more of, I'd say a CEO. I mean, listen, the best piece of, um, you know, the best thing that I saw once Brian Kelly got hired was the amount of texts that I got from people across the SEC that said, damn. And I go, you know, and I kind of followed up with why. And they said, it's because y'all got to grown up in the room. And there was a lot of people at other football uh, departments here in the SEC that said once LSU had a chance to kind of get straight, and they hadn't had that since Nick Saban Mm -hmm. with Les Miles and Ed Ogeron, the amount of talent, the fan base, NIL now, that they could put this on a track that all of a sudden could get into that 1% echelon of Alabama and Georgia. Not there quite yet, but uh, as an LSU fan, I don't care if you don't like Brian Kelly. I like Brian Kelly. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to leave it on that. Got to let you go. But uh, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Been thanks, boys. hearing you inside. Yeah. So say something controversial so we can retweet it. I'm just going to make something up. You know, yes. I mean, again, you know, who's going to fact check me at this point, right? That's a good point. Yeah. So, hey, let me ask you this. Did you Saban play? is retiring, by the way. <laughs> Let's go with that. Well, I'm not going to give you a timeline. Yeah, at some point. If you guys could just cut the audio right there, yeah, that's I'm a, awesome. I'm afraid he may die in office at 106. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did they fly up in a private jet? No, no, no. But uh, You and Marty and either one of you guys. Yes. It's Listen. Paul Feinbaum goals. So you got you to work towards it. That's all we need right there. we got to let you go. I'm going to get yelled at. See you, boys. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. Peter Burns, good stuff uh, from ESPN SEC Network.